The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello and welcome. This is Dr. Shaheen Gadir, and I'm an expert in the world of fertility, the area that I love and have passion for. I have helped thousands of people around the globe start their beautiful families. And in this podcast, The Fertile Life, I interview guests about their path to parenthood and dive into discussions around how the road to becoming a parent shapes us. Through insightful conversations, I hope to create a guide for listeners in all stages of life and break many stigmas often associated with fertility. Follow along as I take you through the journey towards the fertile life. Welcome to the Garcia Diaries Unfiltered. I'm your host, Bethany Garcia. You might know me as the Garcia Diaries on Instagram. What's up, guys? I'm your co-host, Anthony Garcia. Every week, we deep dive real life, marriage, parenthood, sex, pop culture, and anything else in between. Let's get started. What is up, you guys? It's me, Bethany. I'm sitting here in the back house in our little studio, Sans Anthony. He is still very, very sick with the flu. So we're giving him a week off to heal a little bit. But I'm sitting here with two of my very close friends, Jamie and Kenzie. Hi, guys. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. We're so ex- I'm so excited to have you here. I'm, I'm so excited, excited too. But I'm excited. <laughs> We've been wanting to do this for so long. It's a long time coming for sure. They have their own podcast together called Codependent. Yes. And so today they actually just hit 100K downloads, which is so so exciting. exciting. They literally just started their podcast too. So it's an incredible feat and or accomplishment or whatever you want to call it. But I remember the day day we launched, we went to dinner. That was the day we met like in person. Obviously we have been like Instagram friends, but that was the day we met. And I remember sitting at dinner and we like told you how many downloads we had. It was like not even 24 hours yet. And you were like, you guys, that's incredible. Like we had no idea like what numbers we should be looking at or anything, but you're the only person we knew that had a podcast. And it was fun to like talk to you and get your insight on it. Yes. So it's funny that we were together the first night of our podcast. And then now we're together on the night we hit 100,000. So no, that's actually so crazy to think about. Oh and I remember God. like, I remember messaging you before we even met in person and being like, okay, what did you do for this? And like, try to ask you for advice, but not be annoying. Like, okay, tell me exactly how you started a podcast. Jamie would like text me and be like, I asked Bethany again. I hope she's not annoyed at us. I know. I was oh like, I like asked her for this. I was like, but she's really nice. And she told me. That Jamie's been so listening funny. to your podcast forever. I have. Oh, Jamie actually too. like told me about you. Like oh, really? I hadn't followed you yet. And Jamie's like, you have to follow Bethany. You would love her. And I was like, okay. And then I like, we'd be like the next day and Jamie'd be like, did you listen to her episode? I'm like, Jamie, I don't even know who this is. And she'd be like, <laughs> you have to follow her. She was always so excited. And I followed you. I'm like, oh yeah, I know. I'm your biggest fan. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love you guys. So if you don't know, Jamie and Kenzie are sisters. How long have you been sisters for? Because most or a lot of people have been sisters since birth, yeah. but not in your guys' case. So me and Jamie were best friends in high school. Do you want to go through the whole story? You can tell the story because that's what people honestly want to okay. hear. So we did do a Q&A box for them and the... The question over and over again is what do you guys want to know about Kenzie and Jamie is Jamie's adoption story. So I would love to hear it. And honestly, I've, I've heard bits and pieces before, but I think it'd be really interesting to like, you know, hear it beginning to end. So if you wanted to start from like you guys being best friends, like tell me exactly what happened. So me and Jamie were best friends. We actually weren't best friends until like our middle of our sophomore year of high school. We were in the same PE class freshman year. We were such good friends. Like we were good friends. We clicked immediately. We clicked immediately. And then sophomore year, we just started getting closer and closer. And we had like- We would do Wacky Pack Wednesday at Sonic. (laughs) Yes, we'd get like $4.99 Wacky Packs at Sonic because we were from a really small town up in Prescott. It's like the only place to eat. So we did that all the time. I remember I went and cheered in London and I got you a little necklace that had a J on it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was like- the huge turning point of our friendship. When I got home from London, we like- England? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. I thought you were talking about like another super tiny town <laughs> no, in Arizona. like England. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. So that was fun. But no, I came home and then I think we just like hung out all the time. Like it was very easy. We just hung out. And then we get into our junior year of high school. Is that right? Yeah. And- Jamie was having some family problems at home and CPS came to the school and pulled Jamie out. So do you want to tell about that? Yeah. So we've, we've kind of like told this whole story on our podcast, but I'm excited to tell more about it. It makes me really nervous because it is very like vulnerable and 
it's scary sometimes to share trauma and stories that have happened to you and whatever, but that's what we're all about. And so I appreciate you sharing and I love you. I love you. (laughs) Yeah. So I would say, I mean, I didn't have a super normal childhood. I felt like my childhood was normal in my mind, maybe up until I was age eight. That's where I feel like I really realized like this is not how a normal family functions. I remember at eight years old, it was me and my brother. I had a brother that was just a little bit younger than me. And then I had a brother that was 10 years older than me. So it was really just us two for a while. And when I was eight, my mom got pregnant and was having another boy. So I was going to have two brothers. And obviously I was eight years older than him. And I would feel, I felt like that was really just a different part in my life because my dad had always been my whole life like an alcoholic, a severe alcoholic. He was always working. He'd come home, get drunk, go to bed. Next day, get up, go to work, get drunk, go to bed. Like it was just, that was our whole life. And like weekends when he wasn't working, it was just, he was drinking or drunk. That was just how it was. And he was never like a violent drunk. He didn't hit or scream or like anything like that just was always drunk. And I knew like that wasn't right. And I remember being like, can you stop drinking? Like I remember as a really little kid asking him that because that wasn't normal. And I kind of knew, but anyway, I remember at age eight, my, our house caught on fire, burned to the ground. My mom was like eight months pregnant And we moved into like this duplex and I felt like things started just going really downhill from there. And my dad was drinking a lot more. He started to do drugs and it was just really bad. My mom was going into like a spiral depression because she was working night shifts and I ended up having to take care of my little brother. He was only a couple months old at this point because my dad ended up leaving our family And she could only work the night shifts to be able to afford to take care of us because they paid more. And so she'd work night shifts. I would take care of my little brother at literally age nine, get up in the middle of the night, feed him bottles, put him back to bed, get up, take them to like, not take them to school, but get them ready for school. And it was a lot as that young. Like I, I never had a childhood. Like I really feel like I never really had a childhood of like playing. Like in your mind, it's like you think of like, Fun memories when you're a kid. I didn't have any. I feel like you tried to give that to your brother. Like your brothers. Like you tried to give your brothers these amazing childhoods that you didn't have. And you just missed out on it because you were basically a mom to your younger brothers. Completely. And I felt like from that point, it just like was getting worse and worse and worse. My mom ended up not being able to afford, like we had moved into a house. She couldn't afford the house. So we moved into an apartment. We got kicked out of the apartment because she couldn't afford it. And all of this time, my dad was kind of in and out. Like he would be, he would come back for a couple of weeks. They'd get in a huge blowout fight. He'd leave. And at this point he was using like prescription drugs. That was his like drug of choice. But my mom caught him like snorting them in the room. And so she's like, you have to leave. Like you can't be doing this around the kids. And I remember finding like, you know, straws or like crushed pills on countertops or tables. Like I remember seeing that as a kid and I was probably like 10 at this point. And the apartment was not good. I, the brother that was just younger than me, he's 13 months younger than me. He was kind of always in and out of the house because he was in juvenile detention at like age nine. The youngest oh they can gosh. go, he was in there because he just was very troubled. And everything that was happening in our life was definitely like happening in his life. And he was taking it in a different way than I took it. I was like, I need to be the protector for our littlest brother. Like I need to step up where I can and be like, the mom because she couldn't be at the time. And he was very much like just troubled. He was always in trouble, always in trouble at school and just was in and out of juvenile detention from seriously age nine. And so he got placed into a foster home, into like an all boys, troubled boys foster home. And that was probably like the best thing ever that could happen to him just because they really had the resources to take care of him. And my mom couldn't afford the apartment. We had got kicked out. We moved into a trailer. And that was when it was really, really scary because it was in like a really, really ghetto trailer park. And I remember just never wanting to be there. And that's kind of like where our story ties in of like me going to your house a lot because I never, ever wanted to be there. But my mom was still working. She wasn't really working nights, but she had a boyfriend. She'd leave a lot with her boyfriend. And my dad... This was probably his worst point. He, at this time, at this point in our life, he was doing heroin and he would break into our house. And I remember coming home from school and I found him overdosed in the bath, in the bathroom. And he didn't live with us. He wasn't allowed to live with us, but 
he would break in and try to like, we had no spoons. That's like a really weird thing as a kid, but like we never had spoons, not never, but from that point, it was like probably a couple of years. I remember I'd like go to get a bowl of cereal or something. We never had spoons because he would come in our house and steal them. And I remember just trying to like really hide this from my youngest brother because obviously I just didn't want him to see what I was seeing. And I feel like that experience of finding my dad overdosed and just finding needles in our house. And I remember one specific thing that really sticks out to me. We were like sitting on this couch in this ghetto freaking trailer. We didn't even have carpet in the trailer because it was like, they had gotten ripped up because it was so like gross and dirty. And I remember we were just sitting on the couch and a freaking giant rock comes flying through the window, breaks right past our heads. And we're like scared because we don't know who my dad owes money to. We don't know, like, I'm like scared all the time in my life. Like seriously, so scared because I don't know, like he would come just like show up, be there. And this rock comes flying through our window, like right past our head. It's just me, my mom and my little brother. And we like pull back the, there's like a curtain and it came through it. We pull, like pull back and it's my dad, like all strung out on drugs, just like trying to bust open the window and get in. And those experiences really were just, those are like things that we didn't even share on our podcast that I'm sharing because it's unfiltered and I'm trying to be more vulnerable with you guys. But like, there are things that like, we've been sisters for 10 years that I don't even like, Jamie doesn't talk about it. Like it was a very traumatic time of her life. And like, there's so many times that like she'll say something like, I just found out that her house burned down. Like you just told us that. Like for so long, I feel like you blocked it so far out of your head because you just didn't want to be like that. Like you didn't want that to be who you were. When I feel like you have to kind of pick and choose, like when you go through a lot of trauma, you have to like pick and choose what's more traumatic for me finding my dad overdose on drugs is more traumatic than a house burning down where we got out safely. And like, yeah. even though we lost totally. everything we had, like that was just like, okay, that happened. It's over. Like, but like, to me, I'm like, can't believe you had to go through that. And I think for normal people, that, that's crazy that you had to go through that. So I'm just impressed how much you're sharing because I know that that, like you just don't share all of the details very often. Let's take a quick break to talk about a hair care brand I have loved for a few years now called Way, and that is spelled O-U-A-I. Hair used to be a sore subject for me because I literally did not know how to manage my hair. If you've followed me for a few years, you've definitely been able to witness the evolution. Unmanageable hair, especially when it's frizzy, tangled, damaged, or dry can be so frustrating. And in the past, it was easier for me to just throw in the towel, put my hair in a top knot, and call it a day which can actually cause more problems. And I didn't learn that until later. The first product I was ever introduced to from Way was their wave spray. And I fell in love instantly. I love the way it made my hair feel like I just dipped myself in the ocean and got out and my hair dried perfectly. It's seriously amazing, you guys. And I have to share one of their most amazing products with you all. For protection from heat, dryness, and frizz, the way to healthier hair is Way's best-selling leave-in conditioner. Say goodbye to frizz, tangles, flyaways, and breakage for all hair types. And it protects hair from heat up to 450 degrees. And as someone who curls my hair very often, let me tell you, that is a must. You can discover a new way of life. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and use code Garcia to get 15% off your entire purchase. That's 15% off your entire order at T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, code Garcia. Now let's jump back into our convo. What's interesting too is like sitting here listening to it, how similar your story is to... Anthony's before his parents got saved and like got clean and turned their lives around like pretty identical and so it also makes me wonder like how many people go through this and just don't even talk about it because it's embarrassing isn't even the right word but in the traumas that I've gone through sometimes I am kind of embarrassed by it you know what I mean like I want people to see me for who I am now not what I've been through right and that's like the biggest thing I feel like I've learned through everything in my life is like I'm not what I went through. I overcame that. And like, I don't have to be that. And 
Kenzie didn't know any of this. Like, so when you guys were friends in high school, none, you nothing. had no idea. No, no, not a oh single soul gosh. knew because when I like came to school, that was my safe place to go. And Jamie is like really smart. Like she was in all AP classes. Like I got help on my homework from Jamie. Like she excelled in school. Like, I guess I think about like your brother, for instance, who came from a troubled home, like juvenile detention, doesn't care about school, like dropped out. Dropped out. Yeah. Like those things. But then it's like, you are just like the complete opposite of that. You thrived at school. You just, yeah, I wanted that to be my safe place. And so kind of going back, like I said, things were going so, things were just going bad. Like these events were just happening. And my mom, I remember was just, she was so depressed. She just, she couldn't even, she didn't have the mental capacity to take care of us at this point. And like, I don't blame her for a lot of this because I feel like I don't know what I would do in that situation. Like she was never on drugs. She was never an alcoholic. She just suffered from mental illness, like debilitating. So CPS was already involved in our life because of my younger brother, because he was just in and out. And obviously a kid that's in and out of juvenile detention that raises red flags of like, what's going on in the home? Why is this happening? So they were already involved, but not with me and my youngest brother, like at all. And so it literally just one day, it's like a light switch just flipped. One day she had gone to a therapy meeting for my brother that was in the other foster home. She had gone to like a meeting for him. And after the meeting, they're just, she felt like very hopeless because they were like, unless you can like pick up your socks and get stuff together, you can't let him in the house. You can't let, like, you can't let him around the kids talking about my dad. Like you just, you can't. And she had a really, really hard time saying no to him. Like she would feel so sad that he was walking on the streets. Like one day we were driving and literally I was like, oh my gosh, look at that homeless guy. Legitimately, it was my dad. Like, that's insane. Not kidding. And I'm not joking you right now. When we moved to this neighborhood, you guys know our neighborhood. There was a homeless person walking or this guy that looked completely drugged out. And we drove by and Anthony was like, wait, I think that's one of my brothers. And it was one of his like half brothers. Oh, so no, literally, literally same. Like that's I remember crazy. you telling me that story. And I was like, Jamie, like, what did you do? I literally was like, I think that's dad. And my, like, my mom was like, oh my gosh. And we like pulled over and that's it insane. totally was oh like, my gosh. literally just looked like a homeless druggie walking down the street and it was him. And so anyway, she was just, yeah, spiraling. And she said, she literally told like the caseworkers that were working on the case and trying to help her. She was like, I'm going to kill myself. And those oh words gosh. alone, like they were like, we have to take your kids. Like you can't say that because that's a threat. Yeah you could hurt yourself. You can hurt your kids. Like we have to take that very seriously. Like you need help. And so like those words alone. And so literally that day CPS came to school. I got a note being pulled out of class and I was like almost waiting for it every time, which this is so weird as a, as a kid in high school, you would never think about this, but like the teacher's aide or office assistant brings a note to class. That's like, come to the office. My stomach hurt every single time I would see one of them walk in the room because I would literally be like, that's it. That's like, we're done. Even like, which this is so weird. And this is very stereotypical. And like, this isn't even how it really works. But like seeing a white van at school. Because like, that's what, that's like the stereotype of like foster kids would like get taken in that. And so. So you just had that fear in your mind. I did. And literally that fear that that day happened for me. A teacher, like a note came in and it was like, Jamie, you need to go down to the office. And I was like. It. You already knew. Well, like, and you weren't like a troublemaker. So it's like, no, you're not meeting with the exactly. principal because you're in trouble. Like, no, and there was a worker there and she was like, can you come in this back, like back office with me? And I was like, mm-hmm. And she's like, just so you know, we already took your brother. He's out. He's like at the CPS office right now. We're taking you out of school. You are, you guys are being taken from your mom. She's unable to take care of you. We cannot give you any further detail. You are not allowed to contact her. And if she contacts you, you guys can get in major trouble. So do not contact her. And it's like, I don't have anybody. Like she's the only person I have, stable or unstable, literally only person I have. I'm like, what is going on? I had no idea what happened. And I was so scared. I'm like, did she literally kill herself? Like maybe she did. And I just remember being taken in that office. They told me that. And they took me to the child protective office that day. And we were there for... I think it was like seven to 10 hours just waiting. They couldn't find us a home because I was like, I'm not leaving my youngest brother. Like 
I think I was 14 at this point. He's eight years younger than I am. So he's so little, like he has no idea what's going on. And so, you know, he's like, they have toys in there and I'm just sitting there like having a panic attack. Like what is going on? Where are we going to go? I'm like texting everybody I know, like, Hey, can you please take us? Like, take us, take us, take us. And my oldest brother that I had mentioned, he's 10 years older. He has a different dad than me. So he's a half brother. Obviously he's so much older. We're just not super close. And so, but like he, he was in my life now and then. And I don't think he knew exactly what was going on, but I remember texting him like, we're here. We got taken from mom. Like, please, please, please take us. Like, I don't want to get split up. We can't get split up. I just want to be in like a safe place. Like, please take us. And he wasn't responding. And it was finally at nine o'clock at night. They were like, okay, we found a placement. It's very, very temporary, but your oldest brother is going to like take you guys. Oh, wow. And he had literally a one bedroom house. Oh my God. Tiny little house. He just had a newborn baby. And me and my brother literally just slept on the futon together. Had one single backpack of stuff. They wouldn't let us get anything. We could like run in the house, grab a couple outfits and run out. And yeah, that's kind of where my life changed forever, but definitely for the better. That's crazy. So, oh my God. I know it's a lot. (laughs) So you're like best friends with Kenzie at this point. So did you tell her what was happening that day or were you trying to like keep it on? Okay. So you completely hid it from her. I was, yeah. When I said I was texting everyone, I was texting like family friends, just like, cause that's what child protective services tries to do first. They want like kinship or family members or like family friends. They want someone that the kid has been around and knows a lot, yeah. especially for like my littlest brother who doesn't really know anything that's very traumatic. Yeah. Whereas I obviously knew what was going on. And so yeah, Kenzie had literally no idea. So you called me one night and you were like, can you come pick me up for my brothers? And I was like, sure, of course. Like, tell me where you are. And you sent me a pin and I was like, okay, I'm coming. And it was like three houses in front of where he actually lived. And I remember like pulling up and like being like, okay, first of all, where am I? I'm like yeah. in downtown Prescott, like these cute little charming houses. But I like pulled up and you like were walking down the street because you didn't want me to know like where you actually were. And so you got in my car and we like, that was the point. We're like hanging out every day at this point. Like we hung out every day, but I still had no idea. Tell me what happened next. How do you start living with Kenzie? So I was staying with him. I think we stayed with him. Honestly, like sometimes timelines get really blurred for me because it's just, I'm like, I've blocked out a lot of this. But also like in the moment too, like, I don't know. It didn't seem as impactful as it would have been. Do you know what I mean? Like you were just staying at my house. Like I wouldn't remember like dates of you staying at my house. So it's like, if I would go back in time, I'm like, these are like monumental times. You just thought it was like another sleepover with your bestie. Well, exactly. And I think we both thought that. So it's like, instead of thinking like, this is monumental, this is life changing. It was just another day for us. Oh yeah. And it was really just like for me to survive day by day. Like if I could not be at my brother's involved with anything CPS, be with my friends, like I didn't have to face the reality of what my life was. And that was like the best thing ever for me. I was just like, if I can leave. And so anyway, they had moved us out of my brother's house and they put us with a family friend and she was really sweet to take us, but it was okay there. Things weren't great. And things were kind of getting worse as I was staying with you more because she didn't, she hated Mormons (laughs) and she was a Jehovah's witness. Who did, who hated Mormons? The family friend that they put us with. Oh, okay. Okay. And so that was like kind of hard because she knew I was like with you a lot. And my brother was placed in also a Mormon family. The troubled boys home was a Mormon family as well. And so that family, literally they're amazing they would invite me and my youngest brother over for dinners all the time. They really wanted the siblings to connect as much as we could. And they were Mormon. They had big family dinners. They had missionaries over a lot. And one of the missionaries gave me Book of Mormon once and she had found it. And she got so mad at me that I would like bring that in her house. Oh my gosh. And it wasn't even like anything at that point. But what really was like the changing point in my life was that my mom got like her life back together enough to get us back. And they had asked like my caseworker, who is amazing. I literally still talk to her so much. She changed my life like so much. But she said like, your mom has done this and this and this. She's gone to therapy. Like 
it's time for you guys to go back home. And I was like, I'm not going. Like, I am not going back home because we had a really rocky relationship anyway. And I obviously didn't trust her. I didn't trust that my dad wouldn't be around, like whatever. And so I was like, I'm literally not going home. And it was probably a week before this. I was staying with Kenzie and I stayed with her for eight nights straight. Yeah. And my caseworker found out and she was like, that's not allowed. That's literally not allowed. You can't do that. We have to know. And if you stay somewhere, it's one night on a weekend. Like you can't be leaving the place that you're in because we verified that it's safe. If something happens, like you're a ward of the state. So yeah. like we're in charge of you really. So our mom had a few red flags before you were actually stay like during that stay before the caseworker called. Me and Jamie were trying out for cheer and Jamie hurt her hip really, really bad and had to go to the hospital. And the, the girl, family friend. Yes, that you were living with at the time took you to the hospital. They did everything for you there, whatever. And then literally dropped her at our doorstep. Like what? just like I was on crutches. On I crutches, was like, like had to go like to see a specialist because her hip oh was super gosh. injured. And I remember mom being like, like, where's her mom? And I remember just being like, she works nights and like Jamie can't be by herself because she like can't even get up and go to the bathroom. And mom was like, okay, but like still weird. Like, why would the mom not take work off? Like, yeah. it was always like, like mom, that was like when it started clicking for mom, like something isn't sitting completely right here. Let's take a quick break to chat about StoryWorth, who now means even more to me. And I'll tell you why. I thought I knew my grandparents better than anyone because they're literally my best friends. But last year we were chatting and I heard a story I had never heard before. So that got me wondering, how many other stories don't I know? That's why I got my grandparents StoryWorth for Christmas last year. StoryWorth is an online service that helps you and your loved ones connect through sharing stories and memories and preserves them for years to come. Every week, StoryWorth emails your loved one a thought-provoking question of your choice from a vast pool of possible options. Each unique prompt asks questions you've never thought of, like what's some of the best advice your mother gave you? Or if you were to do it all over, what would you do differently? I really enjoyed reading my grandparents' answers to those questions and discovered stories and memories I had never heard about, and I learned new things about stories I thought I already really knew. Like, for example, the story of how my grandpa got kicked out of college and sent back home, which actually led him to seminary in his future career. After one year, StoryWorth compiles all those questions and stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book the whole family can share for generations. Especially now that my grandpa has passed away, this book is so incredibly important to me. With Mother's Day coming up, this is such a perfect gift for your mom or grandma. Give all the moms in your life a meaningful gift you'll both cherish for years. StoryWorth. Right now, for a limited time, you'll save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash Garcia. That's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash Garcia to save $10 on your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash Garcia. Now let's jump back into our combo. You literally did not even know that she wasn't living with her mom anymore. No, I honestly had no idea. I knew she wasn't staying at her brother's anymore. I knew that she was staying at the family friends because I had to pick her up a couple times at your family friends. So I knew you're at like a different place, but I had no idea. Like Jamie did not tell me any of this. Like when you started staying and it was like the eight days, I started to get like a little bit of a sense for it, just a little bit, only because you brought nothing. She had her school bag. Like she literally had her school bag, her cell phone and her cell phone charger. And we just shared clothes and like she would just wear my clothes to school every day. And like, it sounds weird when I, we're like talking about it, but like in the moment, like it wasn't weird. It just like, it was fun. Like we just stayed together and we were just best friends. And I like didn't want to question it because my parents were letting her stay for weeks at a time. Like it was great. Like I was fine. And my older two sisters had moved to college. And so it was just me and my parents at home. And it was so fun and just, like, I just felt like my best friend was living with me. So I didn't really question it. I also like grew up in a pretty sheltered home. So like, I didn't even know like CPS was like a thing. Like I didn't, like, I knew it was a thing, but like, I like didn't think any of my friends could like be going through that, especially Jamie, because we were so close that it just was never even a question that like you were going through something at all. So your background, Kenzie, and your whole entire family where you're like sheltered and your family's super Mormon. Yeah. So like when you were going, when Jamie's going through all that, you had, you, did you not have any religion at all? Or were you? 
Yeah, I really didn't like, I remember being really little, maybe going to church like one or two times, but I, we never really like talked about God. We didn't, I don't know when you think of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I know that's so lame, but like religion's like kind of one of the last things when you're just like, you know, going through all those like things in your life. And I feel like my parents were dealing, like my mom was always dealing with my dad being an alcoholic and he had a major gambling issue and would like gamble all of our money gone. Like it was really bad. And so I feel like religion was just never talked about in my house. Yeah, there was more important things going on. Exactly. And I always believed in God. Personally, I did just because I wanted hope that like I would have a better life. And like, I really knew that. And I remember thinking at like seriously age seven, I remember sitting there being like, this is not like a normal life. And I know that my life is not going to be like this. Like I will never let my life be like this for my kids and my family. So before we lived together, like before junior year, we were really close sophomore year when I was like, when I went on my trip and I got home and you would stay with me a few weekends in a row and you had texted me and been like, I love being at your home. I love the feeling of being at your home. Like, I know you guys are like religious. Like I love to learn more. Like I feel like it's a really like, happy, positive space. And like, I remember you texting me that, but like, it didn't really go anywhere. Like you came to church with me a few times that year, but it was nothing crazy. Cause I didn't want to like push it on her. Like, Hey, here's a book of Mormon, be Mormon with me. Like it wasn't like that. You were just nice. And I remember just being like, wow, families can like actually be happy. When you like walk into a family's house, it's like, this is like positive and cheerful. And like, everyone gets along. It's a foreign So how did you get from, okay, we're besties having fun sleepovers and then CPS finds out and they're like, you're not allowed to do that. What happens next? My caseworker found my, like found Kenzie's mom's number and called her. Oh my Just straight up called her. (laughs) She was like, hi, this child (laughs) is in foster care. And like, she had literally no idea. And so Kenzie found out not even from me. Oh my God. Yeah. And it, yeah. So it's, I don't so know. What, tell yeah. Tell that what, what happened. So my mom pulls me in her room. Once you know, it's serious. If your mom like pulls you in your room, like, do you remember this? We were, I was there. Yeah. And oh I was my like, God, you were there. Yes. No, she pulled me into the room by myself. Yeah, I wasn't in the room, but yeah. I was in the house and I was like, Oh, Fred. did you like, did it go through your head that mom had found out every time? Like when that would happen? Cause I, I remember like, you it know, happened oh, often. I, I got to go talk to mom real quick. And I would be like, Oh, I bet she's saying like, I probably need to go home. Like I've been here too long. Like yeah. that was kind of like what was in my head. You're like, like they're like, talking about me. <laughs> yeah. Not in a bad way, but like, yeah. Okay. No, I, yeah. So mom pulled me in her room and she was like, Hey, do you know what's going on, Jamie? I look back now and I was so oblivious. Like I'm so stupid, but my mom was like, do you know that she's in foster care? I didn't even know what foster care really was. And I was like, no, I don't. And she's like, well, she's not allowed to be in her home and she's not really allowed to be in our home either. And like, this is a situation like you really don't know about it. Cause mom thought for sure you at least had told me and I had no idea like whatsoever. And so mom just talked to me about it for a little bit. And she's like, well, I really want to talk to Jamie. Like, why don't you send Jamie in here? And that's when you went and talked to her next. That conversation is honestly kind of a blur. I remember just them being like, what's going on? Well, they asked me what's going on. I had no idea. I know. And I told them and I remember you were this in is there. This triggering like my teenage anxiety. <laughs> like, oh my God, I'm in trouble right now. Yeah. <laughs> and it kind of felt like that almost. And it wasn't on their point, but I think it was just like, crap. Like I actually have to tell somebody like this whole life story of mine. You're bringing it into school, which is where you did not want it. That's not where it was. Like it was, I could leave my house and like leave wherever I was in foster care and just like forget about it even for the day until I got home at night and it was fine. So I told them what was going on and they were just like, I'm really sorry that this is happening. And then mom asked me, I think they like wanted to talk about it. So we went out of the room. They're like, Jamie obviously can stay here. Like, she's fine. Like, we'll deal with her caseworker. Like, we'll figure it out. And then I remember my mom, like later on, maybe the next day sat down with me and she was like, we're really considering getting custody of Jamie. The caseworker said that that's an option. We will not do the foster care classes. Like our parents did not want to do that. Like, it's like a huge training. It's a whole process. It's a home study. It's like, it can take a very long time. And they were like, we're not doing this. And- Prescott's a really small town. And so like people knew who our parents were and they were like totally fine with it. And yeah. So mom was like, we're not going to do the, like the foster care course or whatever, but like we're willing to take Jamie in, but like you need to be okay with that. Like, yeah. because it was, we had a, we had one bedroom, like 
we would just start sharing all of our stuff. And so my mom was like, I really want to make sure that like, this is what you want because this would be the rest of your junior year. And like all of your senior year, we don't want Jamie moving again. Like we care about her and we love her. Like we can't take her in if we can't, if you can't take her. And in my head, I'm like, duh. Like this is the best case scenario for me. Like I get to live with my best friend. Yeah. And you're not thinking about like, I'm not thinking about anything else because that's all that mattered to me. And I think at this point, like once I found out, like, do you remember sitting on the counters in our kitchen and like, we would just have like these long talks where Jamie would just tell me like everything that happened to her. And it was like, yeah, that, that did happen to you. Like it made so much sense of who you were as a person. And like, I just remember you telling me all these things that had happened. And like, I had felt so bad that I wasn't there for you, even though I had no idea what you were going through. And I look back now and I'm like, I was so oblivious because like, obviously you're going through something. And so my mom was like, we want to get the custody if like, that's what Jamie wants to do. She called our older sisters who were in college and were like, do you guys want a new little sister? <laughs> and my, my sisters were like, are you pregnant? Like they were so <laughs> oh confused. Gosh. But Jamie had been to California with us and like knew our sisters and stuff. Yeah. Like this wasn't a total shock to anybody. And yeah, they pulled you into their room and asked you your thoughts on it. Yeah. Well, I remember them being, it was a lot more like, I was a little bit shocked. They were like, yeah, we want to like foster, you want to take you in. And I was just like, wait, like really? Like, I just felt like it was too good to be true. Like that wouldn't happen. They'd be like, sorry, like you can't go. Exactly. Because that's a lot. Like as parents, like imagine one of your daughters just coming home and being like, hey, like this girl needs to live with us forever. Like that's a big commitment. A new baby's like a lot, but like a teenager with like trauma. trauma. (laughs) Completely. It's a lot. lot. And so. And like if they had to take her to court, they had to like fight for her in court. Like it was a big responsibility, obviously. Completely. And so they had told, they had like asked me and made sure that that's what I wanted. And I was like, yeah, of course. And so I felt like from that point, it was like a huge breath of fresh air because I could finally like trust somebody to be able to tell them. And that was like the biggest thing. Why I didn't tell anybody was because I just did not want to be like the foster girl. Like I didn't want to be labeled that. I wanted to just like be who I felt like I was and I could like be that to my friends and they really had no idea. And so- And like love you because they love you and not because they pity you. Not because they feel bad for me because they need to like hang out with me because I'm like a foster girl. Yeah, or like invite you to dinner. It's like, no, I just, you just came over. Like it just- Exactly. Like, I would just wait for Jamie after school and then she'd come home with me. Like it was so, I feel like people always ask like, was it really natural? And like, in all honesty, like I look at old, and even our sisters say this, like we look at old baby photos and we're like, like, where's Jamie? Like, why is she not in them? It just, it- That is so sweet. Like personally to me, I have always felt like I, my parents would say this too. I've always felt like part of my life was missing. Like I've always felt like we didn't have three kids. Like I, I always felt like the outsider. And I remember so many times like, Kendall and Caitlin are so similar. Like they're like best friends and they're similar and they're older older sisters. Yes. Yeah. yeah, Sorry. My older sisters. (laughs) And I remember just feeling like so left out and like so different and just being like, this is not our family. Like it just, nothing felt complete to me for so long. And then you joined our family and like, everybody says this, like our older sisters say this too. Like it was like a piece of our puzzle, like was there. Like we can, like you completed our family. That's the sweetest thing ever. So this is how many years ago now? Oh, 10? 10. Over yeah. 10. Like, like a, probably, well, 14. By the time that like, so court happened and it really wasn't like, luckily my my birth mom was really like, she knew what was best for me and she didn't, she didn't really put up a fight. She was like signed over the papers and was just kind of like yeah. done with it, which I'm so grateful for because that's probably very, very hard to just realize that like, you aren't the right person to take care of your kid. And especially like now that you're a mom. Oh, I can't literally, I, I can't even go there. I can't even imagine that. But for her, like letting that go and just being like, yeah, I, this isn't the best place for you. And so they, she signed over the papers and that was kind of it. And like, that was, I just felt like this can't be happening to me. Cause like, this is so good. Like I finally have like a chance at like, I don't know, being stable. I didn't even know what like stability felt like. This was going into your 16th birthday. You were oh 15, gosh. right? Would you say? No, this was, I, I think I was past 16. 
I was oh, really by the time everything was by the time everything got finalized, I was okay. I was past sixteen because I had already had my birthday. Like my birthday yes, would have been and you were driving. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. My birthday would have been end of like junior year. So yes. it's kind of like right then is when things I think it's so special too that your parents, Kenzie, and your now Jamie. <laughs> decided to adopt like a 16 year old girl, knowing that there was only two more years until you were a legal adult. Like that's incredible and so special. Cause like, I feel like it kind of just proves like how badly they wanted you in their family too. And like, they didn't take any money from the state. Oh like, my god, They get money for foster kids. And like, yeah. my mom was like, we don't want it. Don't give it to us. Like, yeah, they're like, we don't want the money. We don't want the classes. Like we're fine. We just, we, we just want her this. to be safe. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of people had asked when I did the question box, if you still talk to anyone from your bio family. I feel like I did for years after. Definitely not my biological dad. He ended up going to prison, multiple drug charges. That relationship was never really there to begin with. So it wasn't like that difficult. And I feel like the relationship really changed with me and my mom because I don't know. It was like, how are you? Good. Okay. Like, yeah. I don't know. It wasn't a mother daughter relationship like ever. And like, I went off to college and that was foreign. Like nobody ever in my family had ever gone to college. And so that was really different. And I had communicated a little bit. Like they knew I got married, not invited to my wedding, of course. And I had Navy and she had met Navy, but when she was very little and that was kind of like, it was, it was after Navy and I think I was pregnant with Rossi and that was probably the last time I've ever talked to them because like we wouldn't really talk often, but I realized for my like emotional and mental stability to just like cut off all ties was the best thing for me because it would make me anxious and bring up past stuff. She would like want to be involved in my life, but also like I felt like a little bit mad because like you don't get to like be proud and like almost like not act like but have the feeling of like I'm so proud of you like you did all this like you're my daughter it's like no you don't get any of that credit like I'm sorry but you don't I did this like by myself and with the help of the family that took me in and like actually cared about me and taught me about college and taught me about all this stuff like so that would like bring up a lot of stuff for me because it'd be like no, like I did this and like, this doesn't have anything to do with you. And so I was finally just like, I'm, I can't, like, I'm cutting this off. I'm not talking to you. And we haven't talked in like years now. So that is probably the most relatable thing I've ever heard. And like, I don't, I don't even think I've like fully told the story of like what's happened with my mom, but what you said about, you know, getting anxiety and, and like feeling like it brings up past trauma and feeling like it brings you down more than if you want to be around people and to talk to people that fill your cup up. And when someone drains you all the time, you have to like make a choice of like, do I want to keep down this path of talking to someone that drains me? And then I'm not like the best wife I can be and the mother I can be and all, all of that kind of Completely. stuff. Completely. And it, and I thought about it a lot, especially having kids. Cause I'm like, what do I explain to my girls that like who this person is? And like, it was very confusing. And I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't want them to have to worry about that right now. I don't want to explain any of that to them. Like they're so young. I just want them to know who their Gigi and Papa are. I'm like, yeah. and like love that. And that's who they know. And that's who they've known since they were born because that's who was there. Coming from someone that has older kids, I'll just say that my kids don't miss relationships that were never even really there to begin with. Absolutely. So like people that I've cut off that were never around except for, for their own benefit. Like my kids don't miss it. They don't bring it up. They don't ask about them. No. And like, if they have questions, of course we always answer it honestly, but they're not, my kids are literally fine. Like, exactly. And I just, I, I like finally just had to make that decision and it's been the most freeing best decision I've like ever made is just to like cut off all relationships and ties. And a lot of people I know ask about my youngest brother who was with me and we've like, I kept in contact with him for a while, but also you have to remember he was so young when this was happening. He has a very different perspective of, of his life versus my life because yeah. I was at a pivotal moment of like, I'm in high school. I'm going to go to college. Am I going to go to college? Can I go to college? Like 
my life is going to change forever based on these like next two years of my life where like he had a whole life to live and got, got to go like placed back in home, in home with my mom. And that was the best thing for him, I think, because he was so young and that's who he knew and that's who he had a bond with and who he trusted. Yeah. Whereas I didn't have that bond ever. And yeah. so we kept in contact for a while and I would just check in and make sure like he was good, make sure he had like school clothes, like just little things that like, I felt like I was still like trying to take on that mothering role. And yeah. I, for myself as well, I had to finally also be like, I'm stepping back from that. I'm not his mom. Like, yeah. that's not my responsibility. And also Justin and I are like in college and I'm like worrying about this. And Justin's like, we can't even afford our own stuff. Like you can't yeah. be worrying about this. Like, I know you just want to, but you also have to like, remember where we are at. And like, we're a couple now and we're married and this is like our life going forward. And also like Justin totally encouraged me whatever I wanted to do, but he helped me a lot too, to put it in perspective of like what I needed going forward. And he would see the anxiety and stress that it would cause me like when they would call or like, it would always be like asking for something too. And I just, I couldn't. And so- It's always, hey, what's up? Followed by, can I get some money? Can yeah. I get, can, can you respond to my Venmo request? Or just yeah. like, always. yeah. And even like, they wouldn't even necessarily ask for money, but it'd be hinting like, yeah, we can't afford this. Like we can't do this. And then, you know, it's like that you're just put in a really awkward yeah. position there. And so I decided that it was just best if I, and his life, like my little brother's life has changed so much anyway that- like we don't really have anything in common. Like I lived a whole different life than he lived and that's totally okay. And if he ever reached out to me, I would answer the phone and I would talk to him, but like he never has. That's what I was yeah. going to say was that if he needed you, I you would, would be, be there. there. You'd, be the you'd be the first person I there. would a million percent be there and help with whatever, but he never has. And like, I don't want to also push a relationship. Like I don't know what my mom has told him. Yeah, that's ab- true too. About me and like about what my life has been. And so- yeah, just that that's kind of where it's at. I just decided to cut off all relationship ties and I can't say it enough. It's been the best thing ever for me and for my family and for my girls. A lot of people that follow you guys, well, if you guys if you follow Kenzie and Jamie on Instagram, you know that they're literally always together. They're always doing reels together, stories together, dinners together, brunch together, gym together. <laughs> A lot of people asked if your other sisters are jealous of your guys' bond. No, my sisters don't want to talk to me as much as Jamie does. <laughs> <laughs> Kendall would literally kill me if I called her half of the amount I call Jamie. Our husbands counted our phone calls one day, oh 14. We called each other 14 times. And I don't call be- anybody that much. In between that, we were together. Oh my God. So no, our other sisters are not just, we also have different bonds with different sisters. Like I talked to Kat about certain things. I talked to Kendall about certain things, but also Kendall and Caitlin are really close. And so- they are like really into things that they're in together. Yeah. Me and Jamie have things that we care about that they don't care about. Yeah. You know? Well, and I think too, we're just in the exact same stage of life. Exactly. Like our husbands are in grad school. We both have two kids. Like, like we're both the same, literally we're nine months apart. And so I feel like that changes things too. We're like, Kat works a full-time job and is always working. And Kendall's like, just dating. She's still like in the dating fun phase of her life. And like, she lives like 40 minutes away from us. She does. And she comes to everything and she's so supportive and like is so proud of us. But no, they're never. But we're all like weirdly close. Like we're, I can tell. Like we're all really <laughs> close. Like there is not a day that goes by that I don't talk to every one of my sisters. Like even though me and Jamie are really, really close, we're just as close with our other sisters. Like I know exactly what's going on with both my sisters. Like in their lives, everything. In their lives. Like we're all like, my sisters are the most supportive people. I talked about it on Instagram the other day. Like Kendall edits our podcast. She taught herself how to edit so that she could edit. It's like take a burden off me and Jamie. And she's amazing at it. And like, she still goes and listens to every single episode when it comes out. That's the sweetest ever. And like, I'm like you just listened to us. Like, <laughs> yeah. are you sure? And like, we'll talk about giving birth. Like that was one of our episodes. And she was like, I was literally bawling the whole time. Like, <laughs> she's like yeah. not emotional. We talked about mom guilt. And she was like, I like feel that. I'm like, Kendall, you're <laughs> not a mom. But <laughs> actually don't even have kids. But she like, they're just so supportive. Like we have, so we have really good sisters. So you know that we're all about confessing our sins <laughs> on this podcast. We always confess our sins. So someone did ask if you listen to their podcast, they talked about a fight that they got in, but they would not tell any details on their podcast. Well, someone did ask if you wanted to 
um, give any details about the fight that you spoke about on the ap- assumptions episode. So I thought I'd let you guys confess your sins because we're unfiltered here. I want to hear your perspective. Okay. So this is what happened, you guys. Jamie made a really big life decision, which is fine. It was for her and her family. It was fine. She told me three minutes before she told the rest of our family. We're together every single day. We were together until like midnight the night before. And she had known this decision, her family decision that night. And she didn't tell me. And she told me five seconds before she told the rest of our family. And it was a really big decision that really affected me because it would make it really hard to do our podcast. And we have a joint thing that we're doing that's coming out in August. And so my head automatically went there. Kenzie's like, me, 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 me. Exactly. <laughs> I was thinking about me. But also we put so much time and energy into our podcast and this other thing that we're doing. And so I was also selfishly offended that yeah, I was finding out at the same time as the rest of my family. Yeah. And it was just really hard for me to process. And I kind of just shut down, which was on me. And I feel like I wasn't, I could have been more like, I'm so proud of you. And like, I'm so supportive and whatever. Instead, I was like, really, I was just mad. And I just like threw myself a pity party and I got really angry. And it was the night I was leaving from Mexico and I was dropping my kids off at Jamie's house. Oh my gosh. So I dropped my kids off. I was so mean. I was not nice. <laughs> we were mean to each other. We were both just like throwing shade. And I left. What did, I want to know what throwing shade means for you guys. We were just like being the, petty. Like we weren't being nice to each other. Because when I throw shade, I feel like it's probably <laughs> way different than two cute little Mormon girls. <laughs> That are like the best of friends. It was more just like, it was like shortness. Like I'd be like, okay, like what about this? She's like, yep. (laughs) Okay. That's not. (laughs) And I'm not like, but I'm not like that. No. She'll be like, okay. Yeah. So my kids like need to do this and this and this. And like, also what about this? And like, what about this? And put Payson in this bow. And like, I literally was like, do you assign, when you leave town, do you assign bows for your kids? Okay. No, but this one does. Jamie does. I literally pack Ziploc bags. (laughs) Monday outfit, bow this. Yeah. I don't even pack a brush for my kids. (laughs) Bethany, she brought a hydro jug of purified water for Rossi. For her bottles? For her bottles. I'm dead. She I'm dead. is just particular. And I'm not as particular. I but used I would to have like make a bottle of formula at 8 p.m. and then Broken would wake up at 4 a.m. and I'd be like, oh, yep, that's good. <laughs> Stick it in her mouth. It's been sitting next to the bed. <laughs> you literally stressed me out so much. Well, and she like brought food over. She brought like a full rotisserie chicken. smart AF. So <laughs> I must have done something right. You did it. <laughs> but like she brought a rotisserie chicken over. I'm like, Jamie, I feed my kids. But in Jamie's mind, she's like, I'm trying to make your life easier. I'm like, okay, you're watching my kids. So like, I'm going like, to bring you a whole ass chicken. <laughs> like, I, don't know I did not bring a chicken over <laughs> my kids. I was just like, you're watching my kids doing me a favor. It's like, I'll bring you food because I don't want you to feel like you have to buy my kids food. It like, was considerate. Yes. I just wouldn't do it. <laughs> so. so from your perspective, was the fight similar to well, what she said? Well, it got worse. Oh, it got worse. Oh, great. Great, 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 great. <laughs> Because we were being mean to each other. Not mean. I mean. Not mean. We were just being short and petty. And we both knew what was going on, but our husbands were there. So like, we didn't want to fight in front of our husbands. So it was even more uncomfortable because our husbands are just walking around us and me and Jamie are like arms crossed in a doorway, like just being mean to each other. And our husbands are just like walking around the house. And so I left, I literally left her house and I told DJ, I'm like, I need to go back. Like we, I can't leave. I can't leave for four days on that. Are you kidding me? So I was like, I called Jamie. I'm like, I have to go pick Payson's medication up, which I actually did forget. And I was like, I'm gonna grab her medication. Then I'm gonna come back and drop it off. So I went back and dropped it off. And then we were like standing there and I'm like, I'm really mad at you. And then we like got into a whole argument about why I was mad and we communicated and we were adults and we worked it out. And with both of us crying about how grateful we are for each other. That's how it ended. So the ending was fine. Yeah, it was really just a miscommunication. And I felt like both of us had valid reasons to be like upset about what we were upset about. And I feel like it was hard because we like weren't coming to a solution. And I think that was the hardest part was like, I went upstairs and got Payson and I was like, we're leaving. I'm not going to Mexico. I'm taking my kids and I'm leaving. Oh, and I was literally God, like, what Kenzie? the frick am I going to do? And I literally followed her up. This was like, get out of here. I'm like, Payson, you're going back to bed. Oh get downstairs. God. We're talking about hey, this. You guys, me and Jamie don't fight. We literally don't fight. So this is like probably 10 years of fights in the making. We were bringing up things that were like five years old, like yeah. things that didn't matter, but we both were like hanging on to that were stupid. 
Yeah. And so she went to go get Payson in our podcast. You're like, I forgot something. I went to go get it. And, but really it was Payson. No, oh no I God, forgot her medicine. No, no, no. When you said like, like, cause you had left, we got in a fight and you're like, whatever, I'm leaving. You're like, this yeah. is not having a solution. I'm leaving. And I was like, I left twice. I was like, see ya. And I like shut the door and locked it. And then <laughs> oh literally God. like pounding on the door and she was like, I'm getting pacing. Like, I'm not going to Mexico. Like, we're not, I'm like, not going to do this. Like, I'm not going to have fun because I'm, we're just like going to be thinking about this, which I was like, yeah, you're not like going to be going to have fun because. Because you're a bitch. Just kidding. <laughs> no, Literally because, though. No, because you're thinking about this. And like, I was thinking about it too. And like, that creates awkwardness. And so we also got in like a small fight before I left. Yeah. And so that did. wasn't very fun. I think we were just in a really weird place with each other. I don't know why. We weren't like talking about things. We weren't talking about things. Cause I feel like sometimes because of the way that we like became sisters, sometimes I feel like we're not allowed to fight almost yeah. because I'm so grateful for Jamie and I'm so like, I'm scared of losing her Yeah, because I know that like I didn't have her for 14 years and those like that sucked, you yeah. know? And so I'm like, I chose to be your sister. We chose to be sisters that I almost feel like we're not allowed to fight. Or like you never not want her to feel like she's like on the outside of exactly. things. Exactly. And right? so I just, I don't know. I just, I don't feel like we fight because we're so extremely grateful for each other and we don't want anything to ruin our relationship. But then we both realized by doing that, it was ruining our relationship because we weren't talking about things. Yeah. And like, I feel like we'll get annoyed, but not even and it. We'll just be like, okay, whatever. I'm over it. Like, it's fine. But yeah. So you came up to get Payson. I followed you up the stairs and I was like, you're not getting Payson. Like, come downstairs and Payson's like, what's, what's going, going on? on? And I'm like, I literally <laughs> shut the light off. I'm like, come on. We went downstairs. We like sat down. We both were like, okay, this is not okay. Like we can't fight like this. And we were like yelling. We were, it was bad. We, we do not yell at each no. other ever. And it was literally just random crap. Like, well, you said this. Well, you did this. Well, you didn't tell me this. Well, I told you that. Well, you got extensions first. Then I got extensions oh next. Oh my like, it God. Was, you brought up the hair. <laughs> I'm dying. It was, it was bad. It was so, and that's the thing we look back and I'm glad we can laugh because it was seriously stupid. Like it was stupid stuff. And we sat down and we talked about it and we both literally just were crying. crying. Like, I'm so grateful and I'm Aww. so sorry. And it was fine. And ever since then, we've been great. We never really brought it up after because- Until right now. Until right I'm now. Bringing you're bringing it up. Opening that. <laughs> now I'm mad again. <laughs> so if you're listening to this, the point is if you're siblings with someone, just fight with them. Yeah. Just bingo. fight. So there are a lot of people that are interested in our friendship and how we met each other and how we became friends. And I do think it's kind of funny because I do think we're really different, like all three or me versus both of you, <laughs> different in a lot of ways, like when it comes to religious beliefs and maybe even like parenting and all these different things. But then at the like core of it all, I feel like we're kindred spirits and like, you guys are literally like the most amazing people. And at the end of the day, like that's the kind of friends I want, right? So that's what I was going to say when I walked in to that influencer dinner where we actually met, there was like what, six of us yeah. or something like that. And I think I sat like kind of far away from you because I was like, I like Bethany. I don't know her very well, but like, like you said, like, I feel like we're very different and like literally me and Jamie were on our drive home and we were on the phone and I was like, Bethany's my favorite person. Oh my God. Like, I met you and I just well, like keep it giving clicked. me compliments because my <laughs> ego needs it. It's funny because like I feel like I used to really limit myself on friendships because I wanted people that thought exactly like me in every single aspect. And it's so refreshing to be friends with people that have different beliefs in me because I feel like we have such good conversations about it. I also feel like I've never felt like judged ever. And it's something that is kind of hard for me having like a lot of religious trauma is sometimes being friends with people that are religious, like no matter the religion, it can trigger me a lot. And I've never once felt like that with you guys. And so I feel like that's very important to me. That literally makes I me love it. so happy <laughs> because I feel like, like you said, I know, I feel like a lot of people think also that, which I'm not saying their thoughts are not right, but I do feel like a lot of people think that especially Mormons are like the most judgmental people ever. So that's refreshing to hear that you don't feel ever judged by us because I would hate that. But I also feel like it's a breath of fresh air for us too, because I feel like we surround ourselves like living in Gilbert, like it's very Mormon based. And I feel like most of our friends are just naturally Mormon because that's where we live and everybody is. And so it's really refreshing for us 
to be able to hang out with like you and Kendall and our friend Kendall. Like, I don't know. I just, I feel like it brings so much more fun and like difference into our lives. You know what I mean? Like it really does. It's I don't so feel fun. judged by you guys. And I feel like sometimes I feel judged by the Mormon moms because like, I'm also different than them not, in a very lot of ways. Different than them. Exactly. And so when we're hanging out with you, you guys treat us just as you treat all of your other friends and you don't censor yourselves and you don't like try to play down and like, like I hate when people around us are like, Oh, sorry, you guys don't like cuss words. I'm like, that bugs me. Like I'm also just a human. I'm 25 years old. I don't care if you say that word. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's fine. Like say it. I don't care. I think it's funny. So it gives a little bit more real life into like our lives. Cause I feel like, like I said, sometimes I feel very sheltered and it's nice to like get out of that. The other thing that I think is kind of fun is I feel like there's so many misconceptions about, or not even misconceptions, but maybe stereotype is the right word. Of Mormons? About Mormons. Oh, yeah. And so remember when we first became friends, I literally, we literally sat there at Chili's and I asked them like 700 <laughs> questions. I was like, so you believe this. Why do you believe that? Why do you believe, like, I don't get this part of it. Like, do you drink soda? Like, I'm confused. No, and everybody <laughs> has those. So yeah. And so, and they literally sat there and like explained everything to me and it like helped me to get to know them better and to like understand like what they believe better. Cause like they're my friends and I want to know what they believe. Even if like, I don't have the same beliefs. Like I, I respect that they have their own belief system. Um, someone asked, what did you think about them before meeting them in person? So I'll <laughs> answer this first. <laughs> I'm nervous. Me too. Okay. So I knew Kenzie from Instagram and I had like followed her for forever. Oh, no, I love you. Forever's uh that's a lie for a little bit. <laughs> Sorry. I haven't been on Instagram very long, so it makes sense. Yeah, it was like a f- definitely more than several months. And I always thought she was so cute, whatever. That was pretty much it. Jamie, I didn't n- know that you guys were even like sisters. And then like once I started paying attention to the content, it obviously clicked for me. But <laughs> I Jamie, I've never admitted this before. Are you I'm ready? so nervous? <laughs> I blocked Jamie. <gasps> because she copied my reel and I was so sad. And then we've talked about this like a tiny bit, but I didn't actually tell you that I blocked you. Wait, did you do it before her? Yeah. I literally got it from her because I was like, that is the best idea ever. <laughs> oh she, she did a reel about her kid's name being like, different things about her kid's name. And then also like been saying like Karen, like, and I thought it was so funny. So a lot of it was like the same. So I was like, that locked her so petty. Bethany petty. I was like, I came up with this idea. Like she just stole it. She didn't even credit me. And then Kenzie commented and said, it was so funny. Like she doesn't. (gasps) So I blocked her and then I literally felt so bad. So an hour later I unblocked, but I was like, I can't follow her now. I was like having this whole dilemma in my bed. I was like, I can't. Oh my gosh. This probably like you lost sleep over this. Yes, I literally did. I was like, I can't refollow her because then she'll know. She'll know that because she knows that I followed her. So I didn't know what to do. So I like waited like a week and then I refollowed because and then you weren't following me either, obviously. So like at some point you had to like refollow me. Like, oh my God. Wait, that's hilarious. I'm so bad I didn't cut you. I was literally just getting into reels. Yeah, no, I literally felt so bad. Like even when I did it, (laughs) you're like, screw this freaking girl. She she freaking copied me. And then I was like, okay, I want to like, be friends with Kenzie and, um, or like, I really like Kenzie, but like, I can't not like her sister. Like, duh. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, okay. If you're friends with me, sorry. <laughs> sorry. And so, no, I thought we've, had, it was is- so- we've <laughs> had issues with that actually. Really? <laughs> yeah. We've lost some friends. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's hilarious. So we like get together. We, I invite Kenzie to dinner and Kenzie's like, can I bring Jamie? And I'm like, oh my God. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> no, I was Did like, I really ask to bring her? Yes. Oh yeah. I don't like to go things by myself. <laughs> Especially when you like don't know anyone there. I'm pretty sure like, I'm, did you only know Kendall? I, but I like met Kendall once. Okay. Like, yeah. I, and Kendall went to high school with DJ, my husband. And so like I had known Kendall just from that. And then like I've interacted with her twice. We're talking about Kendall Hidzu. Yeah. It's like Kendi.do on Instagram. So I met them and I was literally obsessed from like the first night. And I feel like I talked to Jamie the most that night. Like out of anyone. You did. And I was like, okay, I freaking love them. And so then I feel like the four of us, like us and Kendall started like hanging out a lot more and we'd like do dinners and we like have our little group chat. (laughs) Do you want to tell them what our group chat is called? It's called the infants because every time we're around a a big group of people or it's like always when we're with like a big group of influencers. Yes. And they're 
quite a bit older than us and they always make comments about how young we are. We're babies. You guys are babies. You don't get it. You guys are just infants. Like you don't get it. Like you guys are babies. You just don't know. And I'm like, we actually have kids the exact same age. <laughs> like, I do know. I do understand. So, so we're the infants. We're the infants. We are the infants. And like our group chat is like popping. Like we, we chat daily. daily. We're chatting. I love it. I literally, I feel like I found my little girl tribe with them. Like it's so much fun. And like, I have people that I can trust and that I like, it's not just about like influencer blogging no, stuff. It's like real life. It like is. all day. Oh yeah. Kendall sent me a freaking picture of her boobs the other night. I was <laughs> like, okay, so we're at that part. Of the, um, I've seen your. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> they saw my cervix. Yeah. As, we saw yeah. that. So, First night I met her and then I knew I loved her. <laughs> I was like, all right, you're cool. <laughs> well, you guys, I want to thank you both so much for coming on the podcast. You know, I love you guys both so much. And thank you for sharing your story, Jamie, and being vulnerable with us. And you made me cry, oh. which is actually not that hard to do. But <laughs> you said you cried I'm two never, times a week. Yeah, I'm a two a weeker. Kenzie's an everydayer. Jamie's a once a year. Yeah, I don't, I don't oh, ever cry. I just got your once a the year podcast makes you cry so much more it does because everybody wants to know all the deep stuff about me and oh. i have to tell it and i'm like oh frick so where can they find your instagrams and your podcasts instagrams bethany tags us all the time but mine's jamie.folsom mine's kenzie underscore shane with a y and their podcast is the codependent podcast we're on apple spotify and i know you guys are dying to do this do you want to do the outro Yes. Okay, ready? One, two, three. The Garcia Diaries. <laughs> Thank you for hanging out with us. You can catch a new episode of The Garcia Diaries unfiltered every Friday. Make sure to follow so you don't miss any of the action and don't forget to leave a rating and review. You can follow us on social at The Garcia Diaries, at Sir Garcia Diaries, and our podcast page at The Garcia Diaries Pod. Talk to you next week. Peace.